Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, right a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, how are you doing, sir? Doing good. What's up with you? Not much, man. I'm still recovering from the WandaVision finale. Okay. Uh, Black Twitter strikes once again. Now everybody's calling the character from that show, Vishon. Mm-hmm. They're putting do rags on him and gold teeth and <laughs> black Twitter's just it's just a chaos. Yeah. But it's so fun. But yeah, they've been calling Vision Vishon and mm. having a blast with that, giving them putting them in rap videos with Lil Baby and stuff. It's just it's just it's just been an interesting time on Black Twitter with the uh, WandaVision. Black people liking WandaVision mm-hmm. is it, it's 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 a match made in heaven. Like they find a way to make it funny and yeah. oh, it's just been crazy. So uh, other than that, I'm great, man. Life's good. The weather's supposed to be taking a turn sometime soon. Is the, it? The East Coast is supposed to be breaking out of this winter, stepping okay. in the stepping in the uh, springtime. It bit. wasn't winter wasn't that bad this year. What do you mean? It snowed several times. We got all kind of ice mush. Yeah. Texas snowed, it snowed in Texas. I'm talking about here specifically. Okay, well it was a bad. It was a, the winter was pretty crazy. It I mean, it, it could be worse. I guess. I mean, it could have been like the day after tomorrow. That movie. You know what I think is going to happen at some point? Tell me. The se- I think I might told you to think the seasons are going to switch. What do you think? Um, I, is that possible? I don't, <laughs> I don't think that that's possible. <laughs> what do you mean? Like summer will now be fall and summer will go into yeah. No, I don't think that's don't possible. Think so? No, I just don't. how do you how do you mean you don't think? I think anything is possible, but I guess anything is possible. But the Earth spins a certain kind of way. What if it go the other way? Then we'd all die. That oh. that for a whole bunch of reasons. <laughs> if that happens, then all the laws of physics just don't exist anymore. It would be crazy. So we would the le- the last thing we'd have to worry about is it being a little cooler in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that our expectations for these seasons will eventually change. I do believe that. I think summers can get a little hotter. I think winters can get a little colder or a little hotter. You Which know? lasts longer? Or lasts longer. That's possible. That's I guess. What I mean too. too. Well, I guess what, what you're saying switch. I, I guess I'm it's saying po- I'm just it's possible was... for summer to bleed into fall and it be Which a little hotter and and it be hotter. In October. And then cold it into March, April. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. You got it, friend. Yeah. that's. I guess that's a switch. Yeah. Then it's a switch, man. Hey, man. You know, it's Women's <laughs> History Month, friend. Let's go. No, I didn't know segue. that. 
let's go ahead and segue. I wanted to just highlight a woman that I think is pretty um, spectacular. Her name is uh, Gladys Bentley. She was uh, this uh, queer icon, black icon woman in the 1920s. She was a musician, an entertainer. She actually at one point was one of the most famous entertainers in the country mm. uh, as a black kind of soul jazz singer. I see a lot of uh, I see a lot of Brittany Howard in her. Brittany Howard, uh, the singer from Alabama Shake. So I think she's influenced uh, a lot of music going forward. She was this genre bending, you know, um, identi- gender identity bending um, entertainer. Her, she had a lot of a low register, so she sang very masculine. And as I said, she was a lesbian in, in the time. She was wearing like a top hat and, and suits in the 1920s. So she was this very flamboyant, just really interesting character. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Gladys Bentley and encourage people to go look up some incredible women throughout the history of this country and other countries for the month of March and whenever. Women mm-hmm. are just awesome. So, you know, look them up and find out some stories about some people that might have influenced your favorite person. You never know. Uh, so that's all I got on that. What's really going on in the world? Friend? I don't even really know, man. Mm, nothing. Well, no, there's no, there's a ton of shit going on in the world. Uh, for one, well, I mean, we're going to sit here all day and talk about everything that's going on. I mean, are you busy? Yes. Okay. I am. Well, okay. Thank well, you. Here, okay. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's let's touch on this really quick. What? Stemmy's got passed. Really? Yeah. Are you excited? Am I excited? Yeah. I'd be more excited. I'd be more excited if like you know weed was decriminalized and legalized federally, and then yeah. people could open up businesses and make money that way. But you know, I don't. I'm not going to shake a stick at fourteen hundred dollars. You know, I, you know that you is know, who, true. Who couldn't use fourteen hundred dollars right now? I a lot, of, a lot of people could use fourteen hundred dollars right now. Yeah. Um, you don't need it. Maybe you give me yours. How about that? See the way my bank account is set up. I can't just the STEMI. The STEMI's not non transferable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. I mean, you know, if I got it, you got it. Mm. But just not in this case, because <laughs> legally I can't. Tra- right. I can't transfer the STEMI. Sure. Um, but yeah, man. You know. Uh, if you make over eighty thousand dollars, you don't you don't qualify. And if you are a married couple and you make over one hundred and sixty thousand dollars, I believe you don't qualify. So mm. um, we don't fall in either of those categories. Yeah. So run me the coin. I feel like it's not. It need to be more consistent. The, As uh, what do you mean? For the people that like really need it, like it's it's been like sporadic. It's been like you get it. Like it hasn't been every month. I don't think. Right. Oh, you're talking about unemployment benefits. Is that what I'm talking? No, I'm talking about this, the stimulus checks. No, should you get monthly? one randomly. No, no, that's what I mean. Though. Yeah, it no, should be oh, monthly. Should oh, be we monthly. all feel of a bunch of things of how stuff should be, but they're going to yeah, throw this little true. bag of bread at us, yeah, fourteen hundred dollars, and yeah, tell you shut you. up. And people are going to be excited for the week that it comes out, and then once mm-hmm. it's gone, you're like, oh, we could use more of that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if you spend on the right things, not like Burberry and. Food. I mean, how much? Yeah, okay, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I'm just say we're we're not going to get into that, but. Um. <laughs> yes, but like, how far can fourteen hundred dollars really stretch you? You know, like uh, if you're really super in debt, fourteen hundred dollars is really. I don't know. It's like it's like it's like it's like a bowl of oatmeal when you haven't eaten in yeah. In but I mean, thirty days. You but know? It, I mean, it would it would it's help something if you're getting it's, it monthly. Not oh yes, no, I totally agree with that. I yeah, think yeah. I think most people would agree that a monthly. Right. If you're asking people to stay home, not asking, just telling them and shutting down businesses yeah. and not letting people go to work. If you're doing that and not giving them money, that's pretty fucking asinine. Yeah. And that's been the state of this country for the last year. 
So you're not letting people go to work and you're not giving them some kind of monthly stipend or something to get themselves through. And now they're months and months in debt on their mortgage or behind on rent or they're in in the in the eviction moratorium where they should be. A, they should be evicted. But, that. you know, so so it, instead of helping these people through these times, they go, well, just we're going to. You, you can't go to work until we figure everything out. But in the meantime, we're not going to help you while we're trying to figure things out. Yeah. Just deal with it. Also, there's no debt forgiveness. There's no no mortgage forgiveness. Yeah, unemployment ain't even right. Unemployment ain't even get that shit. Yeah, if you can't get through. Once once they started getting a bunch of phone calls, they just stopped picking up the phone. <laughs> just yeah, yeah it, people, I mean, really, the, the whole infrastructure the, showed The people that have been getting it year. is the people that don't really need it. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, I wouldn't. Okay. Some people, people don't really. There's a lot of people getting exposed, and that's more on the yeah. business side. Okay. On these PPP loans. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of people, like if you had an LLC, if you, if I mean, you opened well, an I, LLC in 2020 yeah. and you were able to file for business, you know, uh, assistance, mm-hmm. a lot of people were scamming that. Yeah. Well, I meant like through the eyes of us going, yes, hey, yeah, sure. they don't, I mean, like they don't, I know well, this person. Here, here's my, yes. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let's just say this. Anecdotally, and our okay. own—I don't, because I have no statistics. I don't. So that, okay, I, that's what I meant. And I the last yeah. time we had this conversation, we didn't get—I don't give a shit about pushback because I know, I know exact. I'm talking anecdotally. Right. But I just want to say that before. So we're here. Let's have the conversation. Yeah. Anecdotally, we know people who are like, "Man, fuck going back to work." The the uh, unemployment is up, and that's you know? what I. That's so what we're I meant. talking about right. those people. Yeah, I'm not saying statistically. Right. I'm not saying people don't need the exactly. unemployment money. I'm just saying I know people who are like, "Yo, I rented a Benz <laughs> with the unemployment money, and I'm not, and I could go back to work if I wanted to. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that though because I'm making more money on unemployment. Those people do exist, mm-hmm. and people that need the assistance exist as well. That's all I'm saying. Yep. There is a, there there are two sides of the coin. Now, would I say that there's way more people that need assistance? Absolutely. Sure. But in my experience, anecdotally, I've run into a whole bunch of people who are like, "Man, fuck going back to work right now, man. Yeah. I'm up. The the unemployment money's crazy, and the stimmy hit like when this when the first stimulus came out. Yeah, and you know, people, like, I make more now than I did. I then was I was working. working. I was working forty hours a week. I don't have checks like this. Yeah. Look at these frames. Crazy. Uh, you know, pointing to their their uh, gl- their gla- eyewear. Right. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, these are these are Versace. You know. So I I I know people who were actively benefiting from that. I know some people who were kind of getting over on the PPP type of shit. I'm not going to put anybody on blast, yeah. but there's some people out here that were um, filing claims that their business needed assistance, and all they have is an LLC. So, you know, and those people are people are coming savage. The government's coming back around, mm. you know, so that's interesting to see because some people got some people just I wouldn't say I knew I know any big finessers. I just know some people that were like, man, I don't really have to worry about my rent right now because yeah. the, the unemployment money's paying for the rent and I can go to Cheesecake Factory every night. I know people more in that camp. I don't know anybody that was like, yo, I scammed the United States government out of $12 million. Like, I don't know anybody that's in that camp. We heard stories that people was doing that. We hope, absolutely. Yeah. We heard, we've heard, we've heard several stories of yeah. that. I don't know anybody personally that was getting over like That'd that. Be great. I don't have the, I don't even know anybody that bold to, to try to get That'd over Uncle wild. Sam that way. You like pull up in a Bentley, like, whoa. Yeah, like, whoa, bro, where's, what are you doing? <laughs> nah, bro, the STEMI. Wait, like, wait, nah. what? No, nah, my, my STEMI didn't hit like that. <laughs> I, 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 bought, I bought a new lawnmower with my stimulus package. I don't know. I, I don't have Bentley STEMI. The Bentley STEMI, the is, Bentley STEMI. The Bentley STEMI is crazy. Uh, yeah, so, but no, uh, on a serious note, though, um, stimulus uh, uh, assistance is apparently on the way. People sh- apparently should be expecting it like mid-March, later on this month. It's what, they, what they're saying the timeline is. And to anybody listening to this who that would really come in handy for, you know, 
prayers and blessings to anybody out there that that's really going to help. And uh, let's just pray and hope that, you know, things can get back to normal, man. Go out and get vaccinated. If you qualify, if you if you meet the requirements for, you know, getting uh, approved to get the vaccine, it's a great time to be morbidly obese. You know, obese people, that's like a qualification. So, you know, if you oh, to get the vaccine. Yeah, like that's you. you you're in ah. the you're in the because you're you're unhealthy. You're you or you're in okay. danger or so, whatever. However, they qualify. Yeah, like you're you're at risk of dying of covid if you're oh, obese, if according, you're obese, according to them. So. Hey, man, you know, if you've been feeling a little fluffy lately, maybe go to your doctor and see if they qualify you as obese and you can go get that. Where is it at now? Teachers still? Teachers. um, I don't know all. I don't know know students. students, I know some students back in school. I know that. Yeah. Students are going back to school, but I don't know if they're I don't know if they're required to get the vaccine. I know the teachers were required to get the vaccine. That's an interesting question. I don't think I think that would cause too much controversy. I think parents parents. I would know that I would know if that was mandatory or not by now, Mm. because there would be a bunch of parents like protesting outside of schools. Right. If they were like, you're not making my son get a vaccine. That would be a thing. So I don't think that students are required to get vaccines, but the teachers were. Mm. And I don't know who else falls into that. Um, what is it? Uh, essential workers who need the vaccine, yeah, except I know hospital was, workers. Yeah, I know I didn't that. know where it was at. I know they like did elderly people first. Yeah, elderly people yeah. and hospital staff okay. and teachers are now in that gotcha. bubble as well. Okay. I don't know where it falls now. The argument a couple of weeks ago was: should restaurant and retail employees be essential because they are still working? Mm-hmm. Like if you work at a grocery store right now, you've been working this whole time at risk. Now, if you're in a Texas or Mississippi. They just said, yo, we're not requiring okay. <laughs> masks anymore. We just said, Fuck so it. you're going to get an influx of people coming through. Like this is, you know, people coming through with uh, like their phone pulled up to some bullshit website. Like it's illegal for you to ask me to wear a mask. You're trapping me here. Like just throwing crazy shit at people that are like just standing outside of a Gershbex trying yeah. to do their job. And they're like, you're kidnapping me. You have to let me into the grocery store. Even if I don't wear a mask, I have asthma. And they're like, I don't know, man. And then you get in a fight. It's not worth it. It's, but like it's your job. Like I'm just trying nah. to do my job. So you if you can't make that person leave, motherfuckers crazy. I'm, you know what? That's what I'm saying, man. So I, it's like should Let those should, deal with that should those people be essential and get the and be have access to the vaccine? I, in my opinion, I say yes because they've been working this whole time. Mm-hmm. But if if and this is what Andrew Cuomo, the uh, governor in New York, who's in a whole bunch of hot water with sexual misconduct allegations yeah. and shit but his argument that got him in trouble and not, and I was I just want to say before we move on I remember a year ago when he was talking shit to Donald Trump there was mad women who wanted to fuck this man I just want I just want y'all to remember that I'll pull up the old tweets I will pull up the receipts <laughs> y'all were y'all were gassing this man because he talked a little bit of shit to Donald Trump but now you know his his true character has been revealed and I and I have uh uh on good sources that he was doing shady scandalous shit then too cuz he was putting old people into nursing homes who were testing positive for COVID because they just didn't have anywhere to put them. So he's like, no, nah, put them there. They got to put them there. So Dang. this shit was going on while people were like, oh, my God, yeah. uh, uh, future president energy. I was like, yeah, OK, man, whatever. So anyway, um, Andrew Cuomo, what he said was when people were having this argument, because New York is doing dining and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. people are, you know. Uh, I think you can outdoor dine and things like that. And when, oh, okay. pe- when people were saying these people should be able to get the vaccine too, because they're working, they're at risk. And he was saying, okay, well, who's going to not get the vaccine? Because somebody has to not get the vaccine. If you want what? people working in the grocery stores and at the restaurants to get the vaccine, do you want old people to not get the vaccine? Because somebody's going to get less of the vaccine if we give it to somebody else. That was his argument. 
I don't know if it's flawed. I don't know how much how the vaccine distribution is working. Yeah. But what he was essentially saying was, if you want to give it to a new group of people, you got to take some of it away from another group of people. Okay. Which would be the elderly, the hospital workers. Yeah. Somebody's going to get less if we're going to start giving people that work at Nando's the vaccine. So that was his argument. Yeah. And then people were mad at him. That's when the mad. That's when the the fall of Andrew Cuomo started, and then the real allegations came out. But people were like. I don't like that he said that. Yeah, they switched up on him quick, huh? Switched up on him quick, man. They wanted to fuck on me last year, bro. <laughs> it was, it was. I was, I was shocked at that time. I was like, all he said, was, he didn't really say much. They just were like, look at him. He's he's acting so presidential right now. People, that, I think the bar has just been so low in our current political climate that when you saw somebody acting like an adult and not tweeting, I think people just got gassed and were like, this yeah. is this is what uh, president presidential energy looks like. And now, how times change, bro. You know, the, you know, back then. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, but today the difference is yeah. life. Life can come at you fast is my point, friend. Anyway, uh, we got some shout outs and some thank yous. Oh, OK, cool. That's right. It's time to celebrate all you amazing people who have joined our Patreon as of late. Uh, up first, this looks like uh, I'm, I'm going to guess this person is a big fan of anime based on their logo. Uh, we're going to start with Common Sally. Shout okay. out to you, Common Sally. I don't. Uh, maybe that's your Instagram name or something. Shout out to you. I like it. I'm into it. Common Sally. I bet you're pretty uncommon. You know what I'm saying, friend? She's yeah. a she's a gem. She's mm-hmm. a one of one. She's not very common. Up next, we got Caitlin S. Her name, her last name is complicated, so I'm glad I don't have to say it. But shout out to you, Caitlin. You know, don't ever be late again. I'm trying to wrapping thing this week. We're gonna it. keep it going. Up next. We got Rebecca F. Okay. Rebecca, she's in the Tribeca. Uh-huh. She's in New York, Empire State of Mind, Word Association, Alicia Keys. Shout yeah. out to you. Uh, up next, we got Susan, never losing. You know what it is, Susan. Shout out to you, Susan G. Up next, we got Kenson A. Kenson, Kenson, Kenseniera. You know, it's a Mexican thing. I don't know what that means. Uh, Kenseniera. Oh, okay, got Kinson you. A, Kenseniera. Yeah, you, you know, just, that one. But, you know, but hey, it it's is what it though. is. What am I supposed to do with a name like Kenson? It's very uh-huh. unique. I don't have anywhere to go. I'm sorry. Up next, we got Phoenix P. Shout out to this. Is, oh wow, this, has, this is like people knew. Yeah. Phoenix, you better be in between in between Twix to Twix because she's in between because she's in between two yeah, Twix. Know. She's eating, she's eating That's Twix. Terrible. She's eating Twix, friend. She's is in she? between. <laughs> she could be eating Twix. You know. Like Twix. <laughs> Up next, we got. Up next, we got Elizabeth B. She better be listening to this podcast right now <laughs> to, to, to hear her shout out. You better be listening right now, Elizabeth. Shout out to you. And uh, lastly, we got Holly H. You know, Holly, um, you know, uh, she is uh, poly uh, urethane. Uh, and, and T-Pain. You know, hey, oh, man, hey, no. Polly. Sh- Holly, shout out to you, Holly. And you uh, you better be jolly. Yeah. Don't you got a shout out. Don't ever do this again. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, th- but anyway, those are the shout outs this week. Thank you to everybody who joined the Patreon. We hope you're enjoying the content on there. So what we're about to do is we're going to take a quick break, right? Yep. We're going to go rehydrate, get ready, get some sustenance. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Chickens, Diet Coke, reality TV, and murder don't seem like things that should go together, but somehow they do. 
If you're looking for your next binge-worthy podcast and you like your true crime light on the gore, then you should check out our show, Moms and Murder, a true crime podcast hosted by myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Each week, we give our take on a new crime story, balancing our delivery of facts and levity while still giving the stories the respect they deserve and making you feel like you're a part of the conversation. And there are over 100 episodes to binge. Search Moms and Murder on your favorite podcast app and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. All right, welcome back. My affirmative murder this week is a um, it's an unsolved case. Uh, this is about seven year old Patrick Kennedy Alfred Jr. Mm. Um, I found this this story on. I looked up in like an article about the fourteen gruesome unsolved crimes. Okay. Um, and this one came up, and I did some research, and then you know when you get the name, type it in Google, Reddit always comes up. Yes. It always people always talk about it on Reddit. I got so. my story from Reddit as well this week. Yeah. So um. Uh, What's on, the Reddit? Do you know the Reddit? Um, unresolved Mysteries. That might be where I got mine from as well. Yeah, so I went on here and they was talking about it and then like I just took the name again and throw it in Google again to see if I could find some other articles. Okay. So I uh, found more about the um, this case on the charlieproject.org. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is about Patrick Kennedy, Alfred Jr., uh, who went missing January 22nd of 2010. Went missing from um, Brooklyn, New York. Who was a male, biracial, black, and Hispanic? Was born November twenty eighth of two thousand two. So right now he would be, what's that? Eighteen. Yeah, somewhere around 18, 18, 18 years old right now. I like when they do that. Um, that technology they have when they can progress. Oh, the fi- the, f- the picture. Yeah, how, yeah, how you a, would look. It's sad that it has to be used, but yeah, it's, yeah, it is right, really right, interesting. Right. Um, I, I like in cases where the person's still just considered missing. Yeah, this still this, this case is still open. Yeah, so oh um, oh okay, yeah, it's still open. Um, so at the time he was seven years old, he's about four eight, sixty five pounds. Um, so I'm a, I'm gonna speak on this a little bit about the his description because it it would it changed between like three different other articles that I I've looked over. Okay. Um, so on the charlieproject.org, it, it said that he had a a blue jacket on, um, a red t shirt, blue jeans, and black and white Jordans, Jordan sneakers on. Okay. Some other uh, stuff they put on the website is that Patrick suffered from um, ADHD, but mm. he wasn't taking medication at the time of his disappearance. So he was showing signs of emotional problems and had been uh, recommended for a psychiatric evaluation and possible treatment. But this hadn't yet happened by the time he went missing. I, I still I need to do some more research because I'm I'm st- I, like I'm still in the camp of like what little kid doesn't have ADHD? You know, mm. like I guess there's there's probably some situations where a kid has ADHD along with some other things yeah. to where they need to be medicated. But like if your kid's bouncing off the walls a bit, maybe maybe put them in a sport or something. I don't know. If anybody has any articles or something to send me in regards to what I'm saying, I'd love to read them. I really just, them having uh, a short attention span and being like energetic. Yeah. You know, like I'm just saying like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a kid. That's and cute, then a kid right, is, right. you put them in school. School's boring as fuck. That's why I think schools need to be changed. But like to put them on Ritalin, like I knew so many kids when we were in like fifth, sixth grade. Heard it so much. It was like, oh, they, they like <laughs> had to go to the nurse's office to take their Ritalin for mm-hmm. the day. And it's, and, and, you know, and now, like, what does it just go away? I just, I'm just intrigued by that. Like, I feel like if you can grow out of Ritalin, then maybe you just had a short attention span and you needed to be stimulated more properly. You know, because I know kids. I mean, they're not kids now, but they're right. adults who I know that used to take Ritalin when we were like ten to twelve, thirteen years old. And yeah. I don't think they have ADHD now. Right? They're not. If they do, they're not taking Ritalin for it, and they can maybe work. It's just and- like, if it's a, if it's you know, maybe they just grow out of it. 
I'm sure that's. Yes, I'd love to. I, I'm, this is something I'm very ignorant on. So you just have it. You have it as a kid, and all of a sudden you just don't. You just. I feel like <laughs> that's just being anymore. a kid, right? Yeah, that's yeah, called yeah. growing up, right? right? Like you would think. <laughs> what you're describing is like growing up and yeah. becoming like mature, and you know. So I don't know. That's that's weird. Yeah. Um. So some of his dis- distinguishing characteristics was again, he's a bi- biracial African American Hispanic male, mm-hmm. black hair, brown eyes. And Patrick had a scar on his his left eyebrow, and and a birthmark on his abdomen. Uh, yep. So. Here's the article that I found. <clears throat> so Patrick, a.k.a. Lil P, was last seen in New York City borough of Brooklyn approximately at 9, 9 o'clock p.m. on January 22nd of 2010. He had been placed in a foster home in the Spring Creek Development Complex, also known as Start City, three weeks before. The Spring Creek Development is in the 100 block of uh, Vandalia Avenue. So Patrick told his foster, foster mother, Labrada Moran that he planned to run away to rejoin his biological mother um, who is Jennifer Rodriguez because he didn't like his new living situation so a photo of Rodriguez is posted with a case summary Patrick was last seen assisting um, Labrada with household chores Mm. he took out the trash and never came back and he has never been seen or heard from again Wow! so just a, um, a brief description of about about where they were living at. So he was living in an apartment building. You know, in New York, some barrels, they have like this, the, the, the tall high-rise buildings that yeah, you yeah. live in. Yeah. So this how this was the kind of the living situation they had. So and it's like then, a housing project? It's like a housing project. Okay. And then each floor has, this reminds me, when I think about this, it reminds me of like Martin. So in Martin, they had um the show I'm talking about. Yeah. The trash chute. So it's like Got each it. floor has their own trash chute, throw yeah. the trash in it. And what happens is you, you throw it down, it goes all the way down to the first floor. Yes. To the, um, like, trash compact or whatever. It it's basically just like a trash elevator. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's how each floor was. But what they did was they went to the, it, does, it didn't say specifically what floor that they lived on. Okay. But they did take, they said they went to the first floor to, to go to the trash room to throw away the trash. Okay. And there were two different stories that um, Labrada had a phone call. Okay. She turned. Took the phone call, turned around, and then he was gone. He was gone. Mm, sketchy. Another story is that she had the phone call, but she went back to her, her floor to right. take the phone call. But we don't know what floor that is. Exactly. Came back to the trash room. To the trash room, and he was gone. So those are two different stories that were circling around. Those both sound um, sketchy, friend. Yeah. 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 Those both sound super um, sketchy. It, it's it's weird, and it's like, how long was the phone call? You know. Yeah. You know. You turn around completely, just take a phone call. You don't yeah. like. I don't. I well, don't the first the, the first one's the weirdest because every time I heard that, um, there was a case that happened in uh, Houston, Texas last year. A young girl was ended up and found out that she was killed by her mom and her bo- her mom's boyfriend. And whenever I hear, I just turned my head for a second. And he was gone. And they, I turned back the head. The head came back the other way, and That's they crazy. were gone. I, I would love to see the statistics of how many times that's been said in a case where like a kid went missing or is dead, and it was it was they were involved in. It, oh, for sure, said, yeah, you yeah, know, because yeah. that's like, no, they didn't. A second, it couldn't have been a second. <laughs> it just is impossible. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they did. I did read also. I, I this year a video somebody made that um they were saying that these apartment buildings had cameras, but you know it was never um any footage or oh, okay it was nothing never recovered from that to this you know for us to see what happened. What happened to this kid? Well, a lot of these buildings, if this is a housing project, a lot of times they have that shit, and this, they're right, just not on. Yeah. They're just for show. Hmm. Yeah. It's like um, having a, um ADT or whatever your local security uh, company is. You yeah. just Some people just buy the sign. Buy the sign, put it in the yard? Yeah, and then you just go, I guess that's what their idea is. A robber sees that, and they go, oh, well, they have a security system, right. so, you know. so yeah. 
Um, so Rodriguez, who is his biological mother, who lives in New York City borough of Staten Island, lost custody of Patrick and his four four year old sister for alleged uh, alleged neglect. She reportedly knew the address of his foster home, of Patrick's foster home. Okay. And her aunt claimed she had threatened to kidnap Patrick. This is the mom. This is the mom. Got it. So they were saying that Labrada was like, you know, maybe she has something to do with it. Maybe or maybe maybe he, he saw her and then he went with ran her. away to he ran okay. away to took to her to go to her. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So a few days after Patrick's disappearance, a judge ordered her to to present her son at the at a family court hearing, and Rodriguez didn't didn't do so, stating she didn't have Patrick and didn't know his whereabouts. Mm. So you saying I don't know where I don't know where he is. Yeah. He didn't run away to me. Right. Um. So they did like arrest her. Right. When they found this out, so she was briefly jailed um for contempt. And then released after she passed a polygraph test. So she still maintains her innocence and her son's disappearance, stating she believed he ran away and is hiding somewhere. uh, Various other members of Patrick's family, including people as far as Maryland and Florida, have been investigated um, in his case. Several of Patrick's relatives have accused each other of hiding him. Mm. So in October 2010, Rodriguez filed a federal lawsuit against the New York City Administration for Child Children's Services. Patrick's foster mother and the foster parents' apartment complex, um, she, alleged the, she alleged that the AC, ACS took Patrick from her custody without sufficient, sufficient cause and that they were negligent when they placed him in an unfit foster home instead of with relatives such as his father. Okay. So Rodriguez also said that, and this part is crazy. So this is this is where um, administration of child services fucked up. Okay. So Rodriguez alleged that uh, Labrada couldn't communicate with Patrick because she didn't speak English. So Patrick was biracial. Um, so he was black, African American. He was Puerto Rican. Yeah. But he didn't. He couldn't speak Spanish. His foster parents only were spoke. only oh, was Hispanic, wow. but only spoke Spanish. Yeah. So there was a communication barrier between those two. And that Patrick had repeatedly tried to run away. He also had like uh, a lot of these outbursts, and he tried to hurt himself because he just oh, wow. he, just he didn't, to go home. He just want he want he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And there were cases where ACS would come, and he was like, "I don't get me. I don't want to be here. Get yeah. me out of here. I want to go home." It's sad how many there's so many videos like that on the internet. I've yeah. Heard so stories, of, and it's like if they send that kid back to the mom's house and something happens, I feel like they get in trouble too, possibly. Yeah. I think every uh, child protective service. Agent agency, their main goal is like to re reunite kids with their parents. But if if it's not a fitting home, then they they won't do it. Yeah, you know. So when I hear foster care, I I I think of it being like a facility. Sometimes it is. So it's not. So it's sometimes it's, it's like it a, is a group the, home. It is the same as them going to a foster. No, sometimes there's like individual foster parents, like they. Have, so what know. is that called? It's just called a foster, a foster parent. A foster parent. Okay. When I did, when, I, when I for some reason when I hear foster care, I just feel like it's a there's a like a facility that's where they that's foster care. It's that like, that is the thing like too. A, yeah. They okay. have they have group home group homes for multiple children. Yeah. That is more of like a, a a business type of thing, and there's like a caretaker. Yeah. But then you can go and be a you can be a foster mother. It's a bad parallel, but like you can foster dogs. 
So what? So what do you go and choose? Is that how that works? Like how? No, do you, how they, do they just play, they, they just they, they play. If, they if play somebody sh- comes on and say, "I want to be a foster," I want to be a foster parent. They vet you, you just out, get random, whatever. Yeah, and, they, okay. I, I assume. I assume they do a good job vetting you and making sure that your house is suitable for yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, if a child is in the system and they don't have a place to go right now, they don't have somebody that's willing to adopt them. They go to a foster home and they go to that foster home. And I, I assume that the agency continues to search for a permanent home. But they just are in place at this foster home in the meantime. And I believe that they get a stipend or some kind of money for the child. I so wait, sometimes I people build eat. up and have a bunch of kids. That yeah. happens too where you might have eight kids in your home because you get $500 per kid. You know, I don't know how common that is, but that is, I've heard stories of that where it's yeah. like, oh, man, life, it was, it was shitty. You know, she didn't really care. She gave us all the bullshit bare minimum foods and was keeping the money from fostering us. Yeah. So that happens too. I just want to know how they place child with each home i wonder how to how they do that i think they i mean they i just, think there's there's such a um a massive influx of children every minute every every, every day it's like this home's open mm. this foster lady has a bed at her house yeah and we've she's on the list of people who we vetted yeah again i'm not a fucking uh uh social worker i don't know shit i'm just going off of things that i've heard articles that i've read and people that are social workers mm-hmm. who have been nice enough to come and tell me some things right obviously i don't retain all the knowledge but i have little bits and pieces of some of the stuff but I could be wrong on a bunch of shit I just said. Right. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, again, um, he spoke English and she spoke all Spanish. Uh, so, Patrick had reportedly tried to run away, attacked his, fa- his foster siblings, and even threatened to harm himself, like I said before. And uh, after he was placed in uh, Labrada's home. And he was, they saying that um, that he was a very loving kid and then he liked to be around his family. So, that's why he acted out. Yeah. With this, you know, this this new foster home. Who doesn't and, like to be around that? Yeah, family, and didn't you know? want to be with those foster parents and want to be with his his biological mother. Yeah. So a federal judge threw out the threw out the uh the case in March 2011, but ruled that Rodriguez could sue individual caseworkers at St. Vincent Services, um, the child care agency in charge of Patrick's case. In 2013, Rodriguez amended her filing to include a claim for her son's wrongful death. She stated she filed the suit to give to get answers in her son's disappearance. So this suit was settled for $6 million in August of oh, 2018. Wow. The money will be used to aid the search for Patrick and to benefit him if he's located alive. Um, so Patrick, they say Patrick may still be in the Brooklyn area and his case remains unsolved. Um, it is still open, it says, that I read today is still an open case. Uh, another, like other notes that I had that, um, I just hear in a video that if he was to run away, mm-hmm. a seven-year-old kid, it would take him at least it would at least three hours for him to travel from Start City, which is in Brooklyn, yeah, to Staten Island, which is an island, right? That the only way you can get over there Trains is, and, is, the, is the um the ferry, the oh, Staten oh, Island ferry. Oh, oh, damn! And including the bus that you would have to take once you get to the island, got it. At, it would take him at least. Three hours, and he's a seven-year-old yeah, kid. Yeah, he would have been spotted by then, trying to do any of those adult yeah. things. Yeah. Um. So there is a website for Patrick. Um. It's called helpfindpatrick.blogspike.com. I don't know how the last activity may be on the site. Maybe probably been 2012. Um. So they were saying the person that wrote this never found a body or anything. No, ne- nothing. The person that wrote this um this website or worked on the website. Said that uh, something that bothered this person, male or female, whoever it is, that it took the foster mom. He went missing at nine o'clock. Yeah, 
It didn't get called in. The missing child report didn't get called in until 10.31 p.m. Of that night? Of that night. So it took oh, her an hour and a half to alert the police that he's been missing. But if if he's been a problem and getting in fights with them and stuff, I, I mean, I could see her being like, he probably just went to go cool off or went to go hang out with some friends. I thought you were going to say like the next day or something. Yeah. I mean, but. I don't know. An hour and a half? I mean. If you if but, you, take, but doing the chore though, I mean, like he they was they was together doing taking. But I'm trash. saying, but I'm saying, if this is a kid that's like, man, fuck y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying right. he's a bad mm-hmm. kid. I don't know him. But I'm just saying if he's like frustrated, doesn't like them, they don't speak the same language. I would if I was that person who was dealing with that situation and you know trying to maintain it. If we're going off of this, they really did turn their head for a second and they aren't involved and there's no insidious dark shit. If we're going off of that, then I would just go like. Oh, I took a phone call really quick. He wasn't there when I came back. He probably went to the store or something or I went to go know, hang out man. with some friends, play some games, or, you know. I get that if if they were in an apartment and then they and there was an argument and he was like he I'm busts, out he, he 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 busts out, out the apartment. Yeah. I get then yeah, but y'all was together just 2 seconds ago and then he just gone then Okay. An hour and a half you go and say fair yeah, enough. I don't know where, you know, he's he's missing. Yeah, fair enough. Um so there and then there's like I said the description was cr- like it was crazy. This, so the person was like, "I respect law enforcement and believe that they are trying to find Patrick." However, I had a random thought when I looked at all of the posters for him. My thoughts was, "Is everyone even looking for the same child?" Mm. Um, so he, she said that there was one that is the most accurate poster in my opinion concerning his race, but it helps to read them all to get more information. So now, the first one I read and before I started my story was red shirt, blue. He had a blue jacket, yeah. a red shirt, blue jeans. Black and white uh, Jordans on, um, yeah. So and and then half Hispanic, half black. Yeah, he was half half Hispanic. He's biracial, half Hispanic, half black. Uh, and then another video I saw that there was another one. I didn't. This is not. I don't have this one. But they were saying that he didn't have it. They didn't. He didn't even have a jacket when he went missing. Oh. But this description said he had a blue jacket. So uh, this the description that this person that works on the website said that had in front of him that they thought it was the most accurate was. Um, seven years old, black Hispanic, male, 4'8", 65 pounds, brown eyes, black hair. Um, they said the, per- the missing child, unknown circumstances, he was last seen in the area of uh, the apartment building in Brooklyn. He was wearing a red T-shirt, blue jeans, blue and black Jordans, um, and he has, a, he, have a, he has a scar on his left eyelid. Okay. Uh, the other one I said, the, the one I read before said he has... A scar. I mean, he has a scar on his left eyebrow. Those are two different things. Yep. Yes. Um. So this is from the description from NYPD, and also two very different things because, like, there are people, especially you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and in New York, and Hispanic kids would just cut the slits in their eyebrows. Eyebrows, right? So you might just think of that as a fashion choice, yeah. but a, a a scar on your eyelid, yeah, that probably looks reads a lot different than a fashion statement yes so this is from the nypd missing persons report black male black seven years old four eight 65 pounds thin build dark complexion black hair brown eyes scar his left eyebrow clothing was wearing a black was wearing a red t-shirt blue jeans black and blue jordans um again missing from it so they were saying that in that's this a whole, one, that's a whole different that's case. a whole different description yeah. um the first two were at least a little close. Right. So that one, NYPD was saying he's he's black. Yeah. He's a black. This is a black kid. Some people can go say, it's not, no, there's a difference. Yes. <laughs> there's a difference. Um, so this one is from 
the state police, they were saying that male, 4'8", 65 pounds, brown hair, black eyes, scar on left eyebrow, and his race was Hispanic. He's Hispanic. That's a difference as well. <laughs> I mean, that, those are, to, to, to be described as biracial, Hispanic, and black on paper, when somebody's, you're asking the public for help, you're describing three different like expectations of how the yeah. kid would look to, to people. I got one more for you. So this is from AMW. I'm not sure what site that's from. I couldn't uh, couldn't find anything on that. Okay. But this one says, so this one says, uh, Patrick is biracial. He is African-American and Caucasian. That's a, okay. That's a different kid as well. And that was it. That, oh, uh, there was nothing else. Oh, it was Jesus. just like a screenshot, but that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that was the main part that they but wanted that's a different. I mean, that's a difference too. That's a I different mean, person. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, like we could, we can, we can try to split hairs about what biracial is. Yeah. But a biracial kid who's black and white, and a biracial kid who's black and Hispanic, a biracial kid who's black and Hispanic might just look Hispanic to some people. But a biracial kid who's black and white, like most of the time, I've seen some. I've seen some odd looking. Sometimes the shit. Yeah, sure. sometimes shit Some makes shit it crazy. Yeah, 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 Blake Griffin. Yeah, right. But you have this idea in your brain of what a biracial kid looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, like curly hair. The hair. That's what I'm saying. Like the hair could. There was no description of hair because I'm guessing when he was when he missing he had a short. But you know, just black hair. What's the but, texture? Is it curly? Is exactly. It, is it straight, curly, long? Is it ponytail? It could be anything. Yeah, right. It's just crazy. Um. So this person said that this was an update. Uh, September 25th, 2012. That they said the blue jacket. Um. That was in early reports. And they said, I did not recall Lil P having a jacket or coat. The majority of posters don't list a jacket or coat. Other posters and links list a, ja a blue jacket. Did he have one with him? Why would he need one to go into the hallway to throw away garbage and go back into the apartment? Eh. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it could be cold in the hallway. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. Some stuff, like the time thing, I'll give you that. But yeah. some stuff is like... I understand it's people's job, especially as, like, a couch detective. You're speculating. You're trying mm -hmm. to find the angles that the police didn't find. I get that. But, like... You know, I could see somebody throwing on a jacket if it's if you know right. if it's cold and you know right. they didn't say anything about what season or what time of the year. Yeah, uh, they were saying that when did the blue jacket first get mentioned and who provided the information for the blue jacket? Mm. His height, most places listed low P height at four eight. That seems tall for a child who is seven years old. Um, uh, they were saying that his height his his height at forty eight inches, which is more likely at the time of his disappearance in relation to his weight, which is sixty five pounds. Today he may be close to four eight, but I'm still not sure. Um, he was actually four eight in January twenty twenty second. Oh, January, yeah, January. What For the coat? Oh yeah, you're right, right, right. You know? Yes, right. Yeah, if they live in a shitty building. Yeah, yeah. They live in a shitty building. In New York, it's a little chilly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that was the site. I have uh, me just based looking on all the links. Uh -huh. uh, there's no. Um, I don't see any updated. Information about well, you know where uh, my, you know Kennedy. where you know where my brain goes. What? Wait, let me let me get, let me uh let me get this out there. Okay, first. but there is a reward twelve thousand dollar reward for uh twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, $12, as of then, as of then. Okay, I don't know I'm this like, that should have gone because that, 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 that lawsuit they're not, they're not looking for this kid. So that that lawsuit, you know, it could be more, but yeah. whatever. It's just from this information that was this was in April twenty twentieth of twenty twelve. Um, there's a twelve grand reward for information on a missing boy in Staten Island. Staten Island. Um, this is you know almost twenty years yeah. ago. So you know, but still, I want to put out there that you know, if you information there is, you can go to missingkids.org, which is missing and exploited children website. Um, the charlieproject.org. If there's any information, I mean, who knows? There's nothing. 
Yeah. There's no updated information. I that mean, I've the, seen the, the biological Google. mom is sued. And they're all. They're, I think everybody's probably moved on. From I don't think. Case, I don't think six million went. All went to look for this child. Yeah. Just to be quite honest, just my opinion. Um, so what? What? What do you want to say? I was gonna say my my brain goes to who took Johnny oh. Cash. Oh, okay. I mean, that's just any. Yeah, that too. You know the the thing about that was crazy though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could be in, that just went into detail, right? Like yeah. that. That flushed out the day of, of Johnny Gosh disappearing in a way that we might not be getting from this, right? Yeah, it, it, it's just a kid disappeared, right? And the thing that pisses me off about all this QAnon shit like that, they made conspiracy speculating, like, political and weird and dark, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is interesting to take a different angle on some stuff and think about stuff outside of the box. Yeah. But now they make me feel gross when I go, well, what if there's like this cabal of rich people, pedophiles who take kids and and sex traffic them? They make me feel gross and crazy when it is it is super possible. And that Johnny Gosh documentary laid out a fucking phenomenal case that made me believe that Johnny Gosh came back to his mom's house on that random day. Yeah. But after this whole crazy conspiracy political cycle, it makes you feel like gross to even go down those rabbit holes i I have not been in a down a conspiracy rabbit hole in so long because i don't want to appease those people i don't want to like make those people Mm. feel right the people that come the people that are coming them up coming up with them because i don't know what other conspiracies videos they have made yeah so i might be just on the johnny gosh similarity thing and then they tie that into some others if you keep watching all the videos and eventually and you're like that's the thing about conspiracy rabbit holes like you're watching them and eventually you get the spell broken because you're watching them and you're like, okay, wow, pedophilia, you know, the government, Stop sex trafficking shit, rings. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm with you. And then like, and then another dimension and you go, oh, sh- oh, okay, this is crazy shit. Yeah. But you take the little part that you go, but this part has some facts and this part was true. But then I don't know if there's another dimension where they're sending the kids. Wait, so that wasn't confirmed when he what? came back? Johnny Gosh? Yeah. Well, no, it's a documentary. It was, it was his mom's word. What happened was there's a dude who's like 30 in the documentary who's, who's like, I, t- I took, I took, him. I yeah, took I Johnny that. Gosh yeah, I that. and we were out here fucking old guys together. Yeah, yeah. But the, it was just mom's word that he came back that day. That came yeah. back to him yeah. and he was like grown up and yeah. skinny or whatever. And that was like, was, don't say anything. Yeah, 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 that's the, and that's, but that's the crazy conspiracy part to yeah. it, right? So whenever I hear stories about kids just disappearing off the face of the earth and we hear so many, every week they're busting a new sex trafficking ring somewhere in all these different states and crazy shit. And then when Johnny, in the Johnny Gosh documentary, I can't remember the kid, the guy's name who said, like, I escaped and I'm an adult. Yeah. He took them to that house to the out spot. in the middle of fucking Had Montana or whatever. Shit, oh, man. That, that shit, shit wild. You know, so there is some conspiracies that have truth to them. But then if you keep going down that rabbit hole, some people don't ever pull out. You got to know when to hit the eject button. Mm-hmm. Some people some people break right through the other dimension. Yeah, man, they're taking the kids and they're sending them to the to Mars. Right? And that's when you a, a regular person will go, "Okay, so sex trafficking rings exist." That's what you're supposed to take from it. Sex trafficking rings exist. Oh my god, that's crazy. They're sex trafficking kids. Some people go, "Okay, Mars." And then they keep going down that no. road and then you end up some other place and then you're outside of Trader Joe's screaming at the people that work there. Yeah. So, I that's why that made me hesitant to continue to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit holes. But conspiracy theories are very interesting and some of them have led me to some some pretty shocking truths. Yeah. But a lot of them are fucking crazy. Yeah, so that was um uh, the story of uh Patrick Kennedy Alfred Jr. It's just when the cases where it's like 
We don't just know. disappear in just yeah. thin air. That's like it's like like in New York of all places too. Like I would think, but but like when you think about his goal, like he's even if he's not alive, his remains is yeah, somewhere. What I'm saying. His it's body, somewhere. His body somewhere. Yeah. So prayers out to uh, Patrick Kennedy and the mom who has been. I believe she's still out there, you know, trying to fight, see where her son is. Yeah. Good. I mean, let's you know it. Yeah. It, I guess let's hope he's still alive. If he's st- that's the my, that's the whole this is conflicting, right? Because like if he's still alive and nobody's found him, he's been living an incredibly traumatic life for the last decade plus or however long this has been, right? Like if he is still alive, something insane has happened and and is happening to him. Yeah. And if he's dead, unfortunately, let's try to solve that, find out what happened, bring his body home, give him some closure, put his soul to rest. Either either scenario is super tragic and sad, but. Just closure is what you always want when you tell these stories, right? Yeah. Like, you always want people to find closure. So let's just hope for closure. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's my turn to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by The Social High Five. During 2020, we all had to adapt to some very unexpected conditions. It was no different for us sports fans. We're all anxiously looking forward to the time that we can reopen sports bars and stadiums, but COVID, flu, and other health risks are still very real. Now, though, there's an awesome new way for fans to cheer on their team and still keep their hands germ-free. With the Social High Five. Made from a sturdy, light, and easy-to-clean styrene, the Social High Five straps to your hand with ease and allows for a hygienic hand slap after your team scores a big goal, makes a massive play, and hopefully wins the big game. The company actually sent Fran and I a couple of social high fives, and while I believe podcasting is a sport, Fran has asked me to stop using mine to slap his butt because, quote, this is not basketball, man. We're talking into microphones, end quote. Give the sports fanatic in your life a helping hand with the social high five. Just go to social, H-I-G-H, the number five, dot com and order one today i think this will be a fantastic product for sports bars or even sporting organizations to just have ready for when fans come back when patrons come back into their businesses to say hey we're still following the guidelines we still want people to be safe but it's okay to celebrate and cheer when your team does something awesome so again go to socialhighfive.com and get you one today and tell them affirmative murder sent you all right back to the show all right, and we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder? Yeah. Okay, so just a little backstory. I'm on I'm on Twitter a few days ago. I come across a Twitter story, this young white girl in New York City. Her name is Samantha Hartsoe. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my God, y'all, my apartment is freezing cold. I don't know what's going on. I went into the bathroom, and it's, there's wind blowing through the cracks of my door frame. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I'm trying wait, to try. Wait, wait, wait. She went to the bathroom and the wind was what? It was cold in her apartment. She oh, okay. and she felt like the, a breeze coming through her in, door. But like, there's no windows in the in the room that she's in. And then she's got the camera on her, and you can see her hair blowing from like cracks in the door frame. The midst of her, the uh, the building fell apart or something. The back of half of the no 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 no. Oh, oh shit, it's crazy. No no no. So <laughs> she starts doing research, and she's like, y'all, and she pulls her medicine cabinet out from the wall, uh-huh. and there's a big ass hole in her medicine cabinet. There's a whole nother apartment. Oh, I, I b- behind her medicine cabinet. I saw a uh, um a little picture of this article. And what I when I first watched it, because it's a three part uh TikTok. Okay. So when I when I thought she was gonna pull it back and it was just gonna be like outside, like yeah. behind her medicine cabinet 
is like it was a window, like it was a window or something. She pulls the shit back. It's an unfinished apartment. It's dark. It's crazy looking. She calls her her neighbor friends over to like come help her because she decides, you know, look, she, you know, she's she's Caucasian, so she's like, I'm gonna go in there. What the hell is in there? Yeah. Okay. So question. Uh huh. Um. Got my question at that. So, how long she is, does she say how long? I know it. I don't know how long. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how long she's been living there. Is, was that day just super cold? It was just like, oh, it's a cold ass breeze. Well, you know, it's been really windy lately on the East Coast. So I have to assume maybe hmm. maybe that was a play to factor, and maybe she hasn't been there long enough that she's been through a ton of windy cold days. Maybe I don't know how long she's been there. Yeah. She could have only been there for the last three months or something. I don't really know how long she's been there. The but anyway, hell? she pulls it back. Her neighbors come over. She ends up, you know, eventually crawling through the medicine cabinet square mm-hmm. she finagles her way in to that it's like a small square but she made her way in gets in boom decrepit like uh un- it looks like a, a house that's being built you know like a mm-hmm. sawdust and paint chips and shit everywhere it's just unfinished there's the the walls aren't plastered it's dark and then but it's a whole unfinished apartment Wow. Probably bigger than her apartment. It's 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 huge. Really? It's huge, but it's just unfinished. But so behind she behind the the mirror. Behind the, the mirror, there's a whole nother apartment. So she ends up finding a door and she's like, I'm gonna fucking lock that. Like a door to I don't know where it goes to, maybe outside or something. So, yeah. but the idea that when she found the door, I was like, Oh my god, like somebody could have came in through that door, come upstairs, and explored. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> behind her, right behind her thing, and hear her laughing in the bathroom one day and go like, Oh shit, what's this? Boom! And knock yeah. the medicine cabinet. And then now you're in her apartment, right? So anyway. Uh, this story kind of went viral on Twitter and on TikTok and everybody was talking about it and it brought up this memory for people of this story of this lady named Ruthie Mae McCoy mm. who her story, which I will be telling as my affirmative murder this week, uh, allegedly inspired some of the scenes and some of the storyline of the of the movie Candyman, okay. uh, which was an insane movie when I was a kid. I mean, Candyman, oh my God, be my nightmare and all that shit. He, he was terrified. The bees. That Candyman movie's fucking nuts. But anyway, uh, this story of this uh, young lady, Samantha, in New York, kind of um, reinvigorated and, and breathed life back into the story of Ruthie Mae McCoy. Ain't that crazy? Something like that to bring up a whole fucking... Oh, yeah. Well, because she was like... None of her energy during this was, like, terrified. She was like, this is crazy. It was, it was played very comedically. And then people wrote articles from the dark element of, like, Here's what could have happened to this girl because it happened to this old lady in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, 30 years ago, she was she was murdered. Mm. Right. So that's my story this okay. week is the story of Ruthie Mae McCoy. Uh, my source was actually also Unsolved Mysteries on Reddit. So, mm. yeah, um, <clears throat> here we go. So Ruthie Mae McCoy lived in Chicago's Grace Abbott Homes housing project. She had lived in the unit number 1109 on the 11th floor since 1983. On April 22nd, 1987, Miss McCoy called 911 to report that an intruder had thrown her cabinet down. So that's already like you're the uh, dispatcher. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, so so she so, so she called to report some uh, so an intruder had thrown her medicine cabinet down and was trying to get in through her bathroom medicine cabinet, hmm. which is like, are you on ass? You know, like if I got that phone call from you or something like, yo. Somebody's coming in through the sink. You'll be like, what? <laughs> you know, you you like yeah. to try to be serious in that moment is like, I don't know what's happening. This person must be drunk. Yeah. And that's what I'm gonna assume because the information in the story that I'm about to tell is very sad and you feel like the people failed her, but 
that is a confusing phone call to get. Yeah. But I'm not a police officer. I'm not trained to deal with situations. So me saying how I would react to a weird phone call is different than the people that are trained to be able Law to handle Law enforcement. That, yeah. Yes. So uh, the dispatcher wasn't quite sure what she meant. So the dispatcher dispatched a car to a disturbance with a neighbor complaint and not a high priority break-in attempt. They just took their time. Yeah, because they were like, yeah, I think she's getting into a fight with her neighbor or something. I don't know. So they, you know, took their time. It wasn't much of an emergency. Because that car was dispatched around a quarter to 9 p.m. At 9.02 p.m., no officers had arrived yet. And at that same time, a neighbor called to report hearing gunshots from number 1109. Another neighbor reported nearly the same exact story at 9.04. Officers arrived at the scene at 9.10 p.m. They knocked on the door but didn't receive an answer. So they asked dispatch to call Ruthie May's home phone. Through the door, they heard the phone ring repeatedly without an answer. They tried to get a key from the rental office to no avail. They weren't able to get one. Uh, Hesitant to break the door down, they left at 9.48 p.m. What? They were like, oh, I don't know. They called, they heard gunshots, called, heard gunshots, no answer. Called, so no answer the door. They were like, oh, I don't know. She won't answer the door. The next evening, a whole a day passed. The next evening, so now we're on April, in April 23rd. Shout out to the Tauruses. A neighbor and a, a neighbor and friend of Ruthie May called 911 out of concern, reasonably. See, the reason she called was because Miss McCoy would often stop by her friend's apartments on her way in and out. So she stopped in, what's okay. going on, girl? What yeah. you watching? And, you know? It's just make this, her name, like, I feel like I know this lady. I I feel like I can feel her energy, you know. Um, So she would often stop in and out of her neighbor's houses when she was going places. But she did not show up on this day. Having seen the police at 1109 last night Mm -hmm. or the night before, her friend was concerned. Police and Chicago Housing Authority security made another attempt and still received no answer at the door. Security guards were discouraged to break the door down out of fear of a possible lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we don't want to kick the door down and she just can't hear very well. And she's just been in there buying her business the whole time. We don't want to get sued. So don't kick the door down. She'll, will she'll, 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 she's fine. I, I don't know what the, you but know, it sounds like, I don't understand how you, hear yeah, I don't know how there's no urgency. It's like, she's fine. Maybe they didn't really hear gunshots or maybe they heard gunshots from outside. You know how this neighborhood is. It could have been one of those kind of things. Like we, they probably hear gunshots all the time. Who knows? What was what, this? Where? No, when? What year 19, was this? The 80s, 1982. In, uh, in, in Chicago. Uh, so they, the police left once again. The next afternoon, mm-hmm. so now another day has passed. Now it's April 24th. Jeez. It's been two days. They heard gunshots. The lady won't open the door. Her friends are com- concerned. It's now April 24th. The same concerned friend went to notify the rental office of the situation. They responded by drilling in Miss McCoy's lock. So I guess, you know, they, they could just fix days. that instead of breaking the whole door down. That's, that, was their, that was their compromise. So they drilled a, they drilled through her lock and opened the door to find uh Miss McCoy was dead in her home in her bedroom mm-hmm. from four gunshot wounds. Damn. As it turned out, these projects had a weird architectural anomaly in in that certain apartments connected to one another via a crawl space behind the bathroom cabinets of each. Mm. This design was intended to provide access to plumbing fixtures if maintenance was needed, which okay, makes sense. Makes like sense. I can get right to the pipes. Yeah. You know, I can get in between the walls and get to the pipes that need to be fixed. In some cases, apartments above and below each other even had connect these connectors as well. Hmm. Unfortunately, this also provided easy access for burglars and other heinous criminals, other heinous criminal characters to the other units. 
as the bathroom medicine cabinets were easily removable from each end. So if you were mm. in front of the medicine cabinet, it popped right out. But if you were behind it, you could push it right out as well. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, break-ins via this method had been going on in the Grace Abbott housing projects for some time. So everybody knew about this. Ain't gonna do anything to stop it, or? I mean, well, here, check this out. This is this is fucking. This is like it's it's not funny, but it's it's so dark and sad that it's funny. You know, it's just black black people humor. So, uh, the this was so out of hand that it got to the extent where residents would put furniture in front of their bathroom doors or tie them with rope before going to bed. So they were like, you just never know. Somebody might bust in. Imagine being in your bed, so your, your bathroom, and somebody like a like. Like I tell, I feel like I've told the story several times. But one time I was asleep in my grandmother's house and like half awake, and my cousin was coming down the steps to go to sleep, and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, imagine being like half awake and seeing a burglar come out of your bathroom where there's no other doors, yeah. or it, it just you will be so like, uh, like confused and terrified. Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. Well, imagine explaining that to somebody that's standing night. Like, oh, they don't come through the door; they come through the bathroom. Yeah, come to the bathroom mirror. What? Yeah, I'd be like, bro, what? I don't know what you're on, but I'm I'm not I'm not staying here. I don't know what you smoked before I came here, but come on, they came out. They come out of the bathroom. Yeah. Or or somebody being like, yo, hey, bro, can you help me pick the couch up? Okay, where you you want to rearrange? We got to turn it vertically. We got to put it against the door. You want to rearrange the house or what? No, 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 no. Uh, The burglars sometimes they come out of the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I did that about ten o'clock before go to bed. Yeah, right before I go to bed, I drink my glass of warm milk. Pick the couch up, put it in front of the bathroom. Fuck door. iPhone, go up. Bam, bam, bam. Hey man, we got couch. couch time. <laughs> we got that's couch. crazy. Like that's insane to just to like, and it really is. It it. I love black people for the ingenuity. Yeah. If, you know, because black people. That's one thing I love about my people is like put we, a bell we, on we, it. We make a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, you know, pig parts. We turned that shit into some fire ass food. Soul food became some incredible shit. I know so many. You know, we don't have we we can't afford a basketball hoop. Milk crate, yep. cut, the, cut bo- the bottom, bottom out of the thing. That's a basketball hoop. I know so many ingenuitive ass people. Man. You know, oh, we don't have cable. Well, I got I have a physical cable, and my neighbor has cable, so we have cable too. Uh, we don't have light light bulbs. Have any black people been light bulbs? Hey, I, I think I, so. I guess, What's his hey. name? Uh, Franklin. Um, mm, Franklin. Mm, Franklin Rose. That's Rose? The president, right? Wow, that we're gonna move on. <laughs> uh, so so. Uh, so yes, but like I said, so this was such a common occurrence in this housing project yeah. that people were putting shit in front of their ba- their bathroom doors before they went to sleep. Miss hmm. McCoy's apartment, number eleven oh nine, was connected to number eleven oh eight, from where it was deduced that the intruder came that night. Number eleven oh eight was being rented at the time, but it was not occupied by the actual renter on the record. It was a frequent practice, although against regulations, for drug dealers to sublet them. Or squat and vacant ones to carry out their activities. Okay, that makes sense. Eventually, two suspects were arrested. Edward Turner, who was 19 years old, and John Hondras, who was 22 years old. They were charged with murder, home invasion, armed robbery, and residential burglary. The main witness, a a young man named Tim Brown, who made a statement the day after Ruthie May's body was found, his statement said that he and Corey, Corey Flournoy had been making sales out of the unit number 1108 for most of April 22nd. Mm. They were later joined by Ronald Coleman, Hondras, and Turner. Coleman showed Hondras how how the adjacent apartment, 1109, could be entered through the medicine cabinet. Coleman and Flournoy left soon after then, and then it was just Brown, Hondras, and Turner. Hondras and Turner were the boys who 
who were arrested for the murder and Brown was the informant or the witness. Mm -hmm. Brown witnessed Hondras and Turner break into unit number 1109 through the medicine cabinet and heard several gunshots. Turner Turner emerged holding a TV and Hondras a fucking rocking chair. What? And they fled. They stole a rocking chair. Like, what were you expecting to get? That gets something. But you know what it is, though? First of all, I don't believe that Tim Brown didn't go into that apartment. Like, y'all are all, these guys, they're doing crazy shit, being stupid. Yeah. You know, they're, oh, bro, we're going to go rob this uh, apartment building. And you were just like, oh, man, guys, you know, that's illegal. I'm just going to stay here with the drugs. (laughs) But you guys go, if you guys go in there, you guys might get caught. Don't do it. And then he just stood there, and then they come out, and he didn't help them pull the TV out of the medicine cabinet hole and the rocking chair out of the medicine cabinet hole. And he says they just fled. How big is his medicine? Uh, That's correct. I don't know. I, I guess it's the '80s, but TVs were pretty big in the '80s. So yeah, like the whole back. You know, I don't know. Crazy. So, but my point is that I find it hard to believe that Tim Brown was just standing there, like, guys, this is wrong. You know, but that's what he says, and he's the first person to come forward, and so his, sto- you know, they give him immunity or whatever they give him, and so he can tell his story without being prosecuted. Yeah, you know what he's doing. They returned two to three hours later to retrieve shell casing. This is how long this lady was not being attended to. They returned two to three hours later to retrieve shell casings and allegedly had entered through number 1109 the main door because they had oh shit. they had purposely left it unlocked earlier when they were breaking in so it was locked by time in the law enforcement here's here's i'll get to that so just keep in mind that i said that okay according to tim brown they left the door unlocked and they came back early they came back a few hours later to clean up the evidence through the through the main door but they did come back through the back the the cabinet though right they left through there so they never came back through the cabinet. They came through the front. According to Tim Brown. But I'm going to get to it. Okay. Just Because I, I just want to say something. I got The TV and the rocking chair were later recovered by authorities and identified as belonging to McCoy. Mm-hmm. However, Tim Brown had given, given a previous story to authorities, first trying to claim that he and Flower Noy were not there on April 22nd, which was later disproven. That number 1109 was broken into, wasn't broken into until 11.30 p.m., which was disproven by the 911 dispatch calls. Mm-hmm. And that the door had been left unlocked, which is not true because the police would have been able to get into the apartment right. when they came to visit her and the door was locked and the phone was ringing. Right. So the door wasn't unlocked. They, did, they, they couldn't have come back through that way right. is what they're saying. But that was Tim Brown's initial story. In any case, due to a lack of physical evidence, witness testimony was basically all authorities had to rely on. It was obvious that in the days between when McCoy was killed and her body was found, that the perpetrators had returned to the apartment to clean up. One bullet and one shell casing were found, which is inconsistent with the number of bullet wounds, which was four. And the apartment had obviously been wiped of fingerprints. Also, Miss McCoy's phone was missing. Police said that they had definitely heard the phone ringing because they called their dispatcher and asked them to ask the dispatcher to ring Mrs. Mrs. McCoy's house to see if she'll answer the phone so that she can open the door. Mm-hmm. And they say they heard the phone ringing. Yeah. But when they finally got into the apartment two days later, there was no phone there. So my guess is, if I'm speculating, they were still selling drugs out of 1108 and realized that nobody had come to check on this lady yet. And they probably still heard the phone ringing and they were like, that's going to make people come in there and check on this lady. Go get the phone so people stop hearing the phone just ringing constantly and are interested in coming to check on her. Yeah. And then they went in there, wiped the shit down, took the shell casings, just cleaned up, cleaned up some more because they had that much time to realize like, oh, shit, we left this shit a mess. Let's clean it up now. But that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, one, that would be super bold for them to go to the front door. 
Yes. Because anybody can see you. Anybody can see you. Two, why wouldn't you just keep going through the way you came in from the, like. Yeah, it's like a secret way. It's basically. a secret way. And they could have been in there when the, when they came back to knock on the door mm. all those times. That's mm. crazy. Damn. Yeah. That's very true. Hmm. Yeah. That's very true. Her bathroom cabinet was nowhere to be found. So oh, the, also, oh. why wouldn't, why would, they don't, why wouldn't somebody tell the law enforcement that you can go in through the other way? Well, somebody did eventually. Oh, okay. Somebody did eventually, and that's that. But two, I mean, like, but two days later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was two days later. But they did eventually yeah. go. You know, you you can the uh, the the apartments are connected, so whoever broke in must have broken in through eleven oh eight. Yeah, that was two. Days but later. invasion of privacy, they could have just. Well, you can go to the back. The first that they get, you can go through the other way. Oh, like no, because she won't answer the we door. Can't, we can't do that. Yeah, no, they wouldn't even open her door. They're not yeah, going to go coming through her medicine can. They that if you're scared yeah, of lawsuits, you're definitely not going to do that. Yeah, true, true. So, uh, <clears throat> her bathroom cabinet was nowhere to be found. So her bathroom cabinet wasn't even. It was just the hole. Mm-hmm. It's unclear if she had never had one in the first place or if it had been taken. My guess is that they knocked it down and broke it. Yeah, and then took it. Because it was evidence to them or something, or maybe you know, it was just a hole. They walking in. Oh, she yeah, might there's, there's no one. way this lady what? just didn't have a medic. Don't disrespect this lady like that. Article. And this is a woman. Yeah, like Why wouldn't she? Have yeah, it? she didn't have. She wasn't checking her hair. And <laughs> come on, or she's 52. She didn't have medicine. That's crazy. Nah, that they broke. Why it. is that? A, why? Uh, it's just, it's <laughs> it's in there. So I read it, but like she, she there was a medicine cabinet there. This lady wasn't just crazy. living with a hole in her bathroom. Mm-hmm. So at 11:08, when they went to go check out 11:08, the cabinet in 11:08 seemed secure. But that could have easily just been nailed back into place by the time they, they ended up being there. Because these guys had enough time to wipe down the apartment, take shells. Yeah. They had enough time to cover up all their tracks. So they could have re-secured the medicine cabinet like, yo, we never even, what? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a room back there. I didn't even, what? That's crazy. They had enough time to do that whole thing. The trial started in March of 1990. Tim Brown changed his story during his testimony. At first, he was, he was, he was fingering Hondra still as one of the perpetrators. But he now said it was Coleman who broke into number 1109 instead of, term, instead of Turner. He claimed Turner remained on the couch in 1108 the whole time. So he's, now he's saying, well, I was there and Turner was there, but we, were in, we stayed in the apartment. And it was Coleman and, uh, and Hondras who went into the apartment. They stayed in what apartment? 1108. Oh, okay. Because that's where they were selling drugs yeah, out of. Okay. So they're like, we were there, but we didn't go in with them. They went in there. Sonia Moore, who is Turner's girlfriend testified that at 10.30 p.m. on April 22nd, Turner came to her apartment and bragged that he shot someone. Which is crazy to me to think because it was an old woman or an older woman. So I have to assume he left that part out because who would would think you were cool for that? But I don't know who who he hangs out with. Criminals? Listen, nobody thinks you're cool if you shot an old lady. That's the whole that's the whole thing that's going on like in San Francisco and I guess all around the country right now is like there's all these older Asian people getting attacked by people, you know, but in some part because of the rhetoric that the former president was spouting about kung flu and all that crazy shit. But it's older Asian people just getting like their getting hands put on them by people in the streets, you know, for whatever reasons. Nobody's going home and bragging like, yo, I fucking knocked out this 82 year old Asian dude, man. It was fucking tight. Like, I don't, that, I don't know if you can say that. I don't know. You think so? Yeah, that's man. Crazy. I just, I don't know. I have more faith in people. I just, and maybe it's foolish. I just, that sounds so crazy to me that I'm like, there's no way that you go home and you're like, yo, if I you already living that life, person. especially these people, you already living that, living that life, and then they person you with. Yeah, that, I, but I, I saw it. That's some Gotham City shit, though. Like you tell it to somebody, and they're like, yo, you shot an old lady 50, four times. Yo, that's tight. What, what? Let me see the gun. Let me smell it. I just, that's. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm I not just. 
It's crazy, bro. I don't, I don't know. That's crazy. I just, I just, if even after all these stories, I always go, nobody's that evil. But if we didn't read so much crazy shit. I don't. I may, that's foolish. <laughs> it's, it's foolish of me, I guess. I don't know. That's crazy, bro. So yeah. So like I said, uh, his girlfriend was like, yeah, he came to my house and was like, yo, I shot the shit out of somebody. It was tight. Uh, up next, Lynette Fitch, who was Tim Brown's girlfriend in the year, in who was his girlfriend in the year 1987. Testified that Hondras and Turner came to her door at 2 a.m. on April 23rd. This is the day after. Mm-hmm. They still hadn't got in yet, the police. Uh, they came to her house on April 23rd with a rocking chair and a TV, wanting to store them in her apartment, and she didn't let them. A rocking chair. Yeah, like, yo, you know, hey, it's, it's not connected to, you know, they said, you know, they said some shit that definitely made you think it was connected to some shit. Yeah. Like, yo, it's, it's perfectly fine. Like, it, nobody's going to come looking for this stuff, but we just got to keep it here. We can't keep it our own places. You're like, uh, no. Why you got can't a baby you... on the way or something? No, they just had stolen shit that they didn't want to keep I, connected to a murder. At the... I just thought of Rocket Child, like, maybe he just, like... They, yeah, like you said, way. they just wanted to take something, bro. <laughs> I get, like, I just think that's what it was. Like, you, we went in, we did all this. Get something. I'm, get something. Why are you hiding the rocking chair? How do you get out? That I don't know. I'd have, I'd, have to, I'd have to see this medicine cabinet opening, bro. Like that the medicine crazy. cabinet had to be flagrantly big, like insane. Take, but you know, what if it's like this crazy, you know, innocence to it, where he's like, "I have a grandmother. I want my grandmother to have this rocking chair," and you just completely negate that you murdered an old lady for it, right? But maybe it was sentimental to him in that in that way. You never know how people justify things. You murder somebody's lady dying in the room. You're like, yo, my grandmother would love this. That's that. But that's again, for me to go there, I have to, I have to, I have to like accept that it's like, it's fucking Gotham city out here. Cause that's evil as shit to be in the middle of a homicide. And you're like, yo, my mom loves pearl earrings. Yeah. I'm gonna give her these for mother's day. And they're the lady who you just killed earrings. That's, that's like, that's hard for me, bro. It's hard for me to accept that. Again, with this whole... Well, we've read stories where somebody took the wedding know, ring and I they know. gave it to you. I know. I know. But a rocking chair is like, why do you... Why was that... Why did Because that's effort. That? Like, that's that's effort. It had to mean so something. You're not going to... There's no way he... There's no way this this kid who's 19, 20 the years old is like, yeah, man, you know what? I know the market of rocking chairs right now. I could probably take this to a restoration hardware type of place or some kind of secondhand store. Designer and rocking chair. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's handmade. Oh, you know, there's no way he was looking at it like that. Like, oh, this is real oak. Uh, up next, we got Theola Archibald, who was Hondras' girlfriend. Okay. She testified that Hondras and Turner came to her apartment at 3.30 a.m. on the same shit. night. With a rocking chair and a TV, and she let them leave the items at her place. Turner testified in his own defense. He said he was in unit number 1108 when he heard several gunshots next door, after which he ran down to the lobby. Hondras came down alone 30 minutes after everyone else. He also asserted that he had only been trying to brag to Moore, his girlfriend, when he said he had shot someone. So he's he's saying... And that he that he hadn't actually meant that he shot somebody. He basically was saying, "No, I lied when I said I shot somebody to impress her." Um, at at two a.m., he went back to the hallway of eleven oh eight and eleven oh nine and saw a TV sitting outside. This is when they introduce another person, and again, this is Turner's. This is Turner defending himself. He said a person named Belder was coming out of number eleven oh eight with a rocking chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. McCoy lived in eleven oh nine. Right. So when I. He, she's he he's saying he his defense is I saw somebody I saw somebody coming out of our drug our drug apartment 
with a rocking chair. Which is next door, which is across well, the hall. Well, it's across the hall. Yeah. Well, like, uh, parallel, the parallel hall. Yeah. So, uh, he's saying this person named uh, Belder was coming out of 1108 with the rocking chair. Ain't nobody see nothing. Guess not. He, he then went on to say that Belder asked him to help with carrying either item, either the TV or the rocking chair. Turner noticed that unit number 1109's door was ajar, and so he took a peek into the apartment. Mm-hmm. He said he saw a body in a bedroom. He, so basically, so what he's saying, his defense is, I saw this lady dead. I helped with, handle her stolen goods, but I didn't kill her, though. Is, is there anything else about the door being open? He said he peeked through the door. I'm talking about after, after he saw the door was open. Did he close it? Like, with like he, I, that's not in here. He didn't crazy. say he, he closed the door. But but again, the police arrived and the door is closed and locked. Locked, right? So, um, somebody lied. Oh, of course. And <laughs> you'll you'll see what what mm. the result is. So Turner, no, he said that he saw 1109's door ajar, mm-hmm. peeked in, and saw Miss uh, Ruthie Mae McCoy dead in, dead on the floor or something. Yeah. And so he saw that and was like, "No, oh, that's crazy." He came back out to help with the TV right after he saw that. Hondras came out of 1108. This is all Turner's. This is Turner's defense. Mm. Hondras came out of 1108. Belder, who's a person who's not involved. I don't know who this person is. Belder put down the rocking chair and just walked away. Okay. So just left it in the hallway of the yeah. building. And so I guess that's how it ended up at Hondras' girlfriend's house. Because they were like, well, Belder, Belder went in there. But so we can't just leave this rocking chair and this TV. This, there's, there's money to be made. Yeah. We didn't hurt anybody, but now there's just stuff here. Let's just take it. That's his defense. Mm. Yeah, so Hondras picked up the chair. He acknowledged going around to the various apartments that night or the night after trying to stash the item. So he went to the first girl's house. She said no. He went to the other girlfriend's house. She said yes. Both Turner and Hondras were found not guilty. What? And then I had a part on here about how the movie Candyman references pretty directly somebody coming out of a mirror to kill somebody in mm. that movie. So, um, and although Candyman took place in the Cabrini Green projects, this housing project was not very far from Cabrini Green. Shit. So there are, there, there are parallels yeah. and there's a chance that this inspired that, some of the scenes in Candyman. And what's crazy is to be able to acknowledge and say in a court of law that you handled stolen goods and that you looked into the apartment, you saw the person dead and you never called the police that night or anything and not be... Or you know, found guilty of like accessory charges or something like nothing. They were just were found not guilty, bro, and walked. The police response was also pretty fucking deplorable as well. Like it, it, they they handled this very terribly. They let this woman sit dead in her apartment for two days yeah. because they didn't want to get sued for busting the door down. Um, the two guys' names were Edward Turner and John Hondras, who both were found not guilty and walked on the case. Mm-hmm. Now, um, but the crazy thing is, there's no other story like this. Ruthie May McCoy was murdered in this group of of guys' actions. Yeah. Whether it was uh, Edward Turner or John Hondras or this other guy who can't Belter, who it was, but it was this scenario: the eleven oh eight apartment coming in through the 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 medicine cabinet. That's how she died. But both of those guys were found not guilty. Mm. But there's no other scenario of like, well, all of this happened, but she was already dead. When we got there, yeah. we just took the rocking chair and the TV. Like, no, one of these guys did this. Yeah. But they just, they didn't have enough evidence, and so nobody was found guilty. So this is still an unsolved murder. Wow. That's crazy. I, but one one of them or one of their crew did it. 
And the crazy part is, again, to touch on their lack of urgency with Ruthie Mae McCoy, is if the police, this is 1982, the crack epidemic is, is starting to bubble. It's still, it's in its infant, it's in its infancy right now. But just three years after 1982, if they gotten word that there was drugs being sold in 1108, they would have come to that door with a fucking sledgehammer, one of those fucking big swinging things, mm-hmm. and bust that door in and took all of those dudes out of that apartment. So the lack of urgency when just three years later they're busting doors in left and right over the crack epidemic, but this lady, they heard gunshots, and she's a 52-year-old woman by herself. She just called and, and had a weird phone call with the dispatcher about uh, being attacked or something, and they felt no urgency for two days. It's really fucking tragic. But rest in peace to Ruthie Mae McCoy, and it's really fucked up that there's been nobody brought to justice for her murder, and that the two people who likely, if they didn't do it, ha- know who did, mm-hmm. were they walked. So that's really fucking sad. But rest in peace to Ruthie Mae McCoy, man. And uh, just that's the when I heard that story, it went from such a like funny like, oh TikTok, damn girl, you found a whole apartment in your medicine cabinet, and then they you know connected the dots to this Ruthie Mae McCoy story. I was like. No, I got to do that on the podcast. I, I got to. That's insane. Anyway, yeah, like I said, that was the story of Ruthie Mae McCoy. What we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes, man, which we need because there was no justice in either of our stories this week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Yes, that's right, folks. It's time for a little bit of good vibes to be injected into your veins and some sunshine to be blasted into your face. That sounded very aggressive, friend, but it's all meant in positive, <laughs> in positive ways. Uh, my good vibes story this week is uh, something something quick and something light. Uh, as you know, friend, over the last year or so, I've been going on the journey of uh, micro microdosing psilocybin and um, using uh, mushrooms for psycho, uh, psychotherapeutic reasons just to kind of unlock myself have some open and honest conversations with my fiance just to kind of enlighten my mind and my spirit and uh, a story I just found out about was about uh, the scientist who achieved a breakthrough in talking with lucid dreamers in their sleep so for those of you who are not aware a lucid dream is basically a when you it, it takes a lot of practice I've never done it intentionally I've had I've lucid lucid dreamed in my life before but never like using steps that they say you can take the lucid dream basically Fran in a lucid dream you are aware that you're in a dream so it allows you to do incredible things like you're aware you're in a dream and you have control over yourself within the dream okay so you can just go I'm gonna fly now mm. or you know you're, you're you're walking in a dream world like yeah. you you know so uh this scientist had a breakthrough with talking into loose talking to lucid dreamers in their sleep and now she has created an app for it mm. so <clears throat> a beard hair in my mouth uh, so the article reads dreams take us to an alternate reality while we're fast asleep. So you might not expect that a person in the midst of a vivid dream would be able to perceive incoming questions and provide answers to them. Mm-hmm. But a new study led by Northwestern university researchers shows that in fact they can, and they developed an app for those who like to try it at home with partners at three universities around the world. They confirmed that real time dialogue with a dreaming person is possible and that dreamers were able to solve simple math problems and answer yes or no questions. The researchers studied 36 volunteers who aimed to have a lucid dream wherein a person is aware that they're dreaming. Using polysomnographic data, they could, re- they could confirm that study participants had reached the REM stage of sleep uh, where the, app, the rapid eye movement phase in which lucid, dream can, lucid dreaming can, can occur. 
they were quoted as saying, we found that individuals in REM sleep can interact with an experimenter and engage in real time communication. So that's crazy. Like you're like, yo, it's crazy. I'm walking on the ocean right now. You yeah. know, it's like is I guess is the goal. You can talk. You can talk and answer simple questions is what they're mm-hmm. yes or no questions. Probably not like, yo, it's wild. I'm talking to Abraham Lincoln. But like, you know, are you are you asleep? Yes. Mm. That's where they're at right now. But I'm sure they want to go further. Yeah. Uh, so they're saying that in the REM stages where you're able to uh, communicate. They also said that we also showed that dreamers are capable of comprehending questions, engaging in working memory op- uh, operations and producing answers. Most people might predict that this would would not be possible, that people would either wake up when they are asked a question or fail to answer and certainly not comprehend a question without misconstruing it. While dreams are a common experience, scientists still haven't adequately explained them. Like people don't really know why we sleep or why we dream. That's that's like a mystery of the world. They don't have the answer why to that. We sleep, we why tired? we sleep. But yeah, but like why we get tired? Why why we sleep? Like what is sleep? Is 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 the question. Rest. Yeah. Rest. I don't have it's such a mystery that I can't even answer what you're saying to me. Yeah, yeah but people don't really uh, Scientists don't really understand what sleep is. Hmm. Like the way what your body does when you're asleep, sleep, yeah. dreaming, the way it shuts down, the way it functions. They yeah. don't really understand it's it. It's the cousin of death. Worse than the game. Well, there you go. I guess the game figured it out. You know, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, research. Hey, Northwestern University. I don't know if you figured it out, but the game. Yeah. He he's he's figured out what sleep is. It's the cousin of death. So don't worry about it anymore. Uh, while dreams are coming to current. Uh, relying on a person's recounting of dreams is also fraught with distortions and forgotten details. Sometimes I have some awesome dreams. As soon as I wake up to go tell Sierra, I'm like, it was crazy and we were. Forget. I heard you have like it. you have like two, three dreams a night. That's what. I, yeah. Yeah. It's but all the, kind of I, like I think it's the first the first couple are the longest ones. Uh huh. And the last ones is the shortest. That's why you can't remember the. So it's the all kind of shit going on. But you only remember what happened right before you wake up. Yep. Man, crazy. Sometimes you forget that shit. I was like, wow, I can't wait to tell somebody yeah, what happened. And I fucking, it'd be like 12 o'clock. I'm like, damn, what was the dream damn, about? I was, I was doing was something. Forget, yeah. forget it immediately. <laughs> I know that I, I have a reoccurring dream where I'm in high school and it's like two weeks left before graduation and I'm I'm failing. And this wasn't even my experience hmm. in high school. So I'm constantly having dreams where it's like you might not graduate from high school. Yeah. And then my teeth fall out. Hmm. I have a lot of dreams where I'm getting chased for some reason. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. They have books about it and stuff, but I don't care. Getting chased? About like the, the decipher dreams. Oh, let the ones if you fall out of a building and then you. Well, there's some. There's, don't wake up, you die. Uh, what? Yeah. What's like that? If you fall out of a building and then you hit the ground, but if you don't wake up, that means you die and you sleep. I don't know what you're talking about. I heard about. that. That's, 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 <laughs> that's scary. I, no, I haven't heard that one. Um, uh, the researchers realized that finding a means to communicate could open the door in future investigations to learn more about dreams, memory, and how memory storage depends on sleep. Uh, this is according to the research. How how memory storage depends on how much sleep you get. Mm. They also used a rotten egg smell to associate with cigarette smoking, which caused a, caused the dreamer less to be less inclined to smoke the following week. Okay, well mm. they're doing all kind of crazy shit. How do you get in these sleep studies? Yeah. Uh, the paper is the the paper is unique in that it includes four independent conducted experiments using different approaches to achieve a similar goal. Studies were conducted at uh, Sorbonne University in France. Oh, Osnabrück University in Germany and Radboud University Medical Center in the Netherlands. They said we put the results together because we felt that the combinations of the results from four different labs using different approaches most convincingly attest to the reality of this phenomenon of two way communication. 
This is according to Karen Con- Karen Conkley, a PhD student in psychology at Northwestern University and the main author of the paper published this month, which was last month. This was at the end of February, which was which ended up being in the journal in the journal Current Biology. She said, "In this way, we see that different means can be used to communicate." So there's a whole thing on how it can be helpful that I'm not going to read. I, you know, it's, it's, it's just getting kind of long-winded, and I don't know how interested people will be in the further stuff. But for people who are interested in lucid dreaming, for people who are interested in, you know, the you know um, unlocking the corners of your mind, processing grief, processing emotions in a way that's a little more detached and introspective, the uh, lucid dreaming, I hear, can be a fun and interesting way to explore your own psyche. So I encourage people to, you know, go ahead and give that a try if you want to. I, I don't know the, all the full steps, but they say there's a, there's like methods to trying to intentionally lucid dream. Hmm. So I thought that was a fun little interesting thing. It's not yeah. always like, oh, somebody donated or something. Whatever. Sometimes just like, here's a fun, interesting story. And that's what I did this week. Yeah. Uh, so mine is, Michael Vibe is, uh, teachable moments don't always happen in school. And when they do, it's not necessarily in the classroom. This week, one educator is being... Applauded for his ability to look beyond the rules to impact one, um, impact one of life's larger lessons. So when a- when student Anthony Moore showed up to class wearing a hat in violation of school's dress code, mm-hmm. Stony Brook uh, Intermediate and Middle School Principal Jason Smith knew something was wrong. Eventually, well, I want to know what they mean by that. Like they tell him multiple times to take the hat off, or it was you remember what you remember hat policy in school? But I mean, like if. I'm saying, like, what happened for them to go, something is wrong. Oh, that's probably what happened. That he probably kept putting him. it on. Yeah. So eventually he was able to get more to, more, he, he was able to get more to open up. After about 30 minutes, the youth, the youth finally explained he was embarrassed by the bad haircut he recently received. Mm. So maybe it's like, I don't know. Pushed his hairline pushed, back. Or like his mom cut his hair or something mm. like that. He couldn't afford it. Whatever. Like, no, I can't, mom, you can't, I can't walk around like this. Yeah. So he didn't say anything. He didn't say straight out, but I feel like he didn't want to be laughed at. Smith told CNN. The barbershop and haircuts. The barbershop and haircuts as black males is very important in the community. And looking your best and being sharp is just as cultural is is just a cultural aspect. Sierra just does not get it, man. What? Like I'll be like, my hair looks crazy. She's like, yeah. I, it looks fine to him. Like you don't, you don't understand. Yeah. It looks bad. Yeah. She's like. I, I don't really see. But then when I get the haircut and I come in, she's like, oh, man, it looks it looks nice. Yeah. But then like th- two weeks later, she doesn't understand why I'm like, I need to go to the barber. Get a haircut. Now. Confidence is, 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 is it fucks a whole new person. Fucks your outfits up. It's just oh, a, hair, sure. a bad hairline sure. fucks all, your whole swag off. It's your whole swag is thrown off. <laughs> Understanding the peer pressure all too well, rather than simply dismiss Moore's concern and um out and just like punishing him for not yeah. taking his hat off is like, let me figure out why he's doing this and what and what's you know why is he acting out right. this way? But so that goes back to my argument about ADHD. I'm like, this guy just he did say, he he talked to the kid. He talked to him. So so he probably was just like, I'm not taking off my damn hat, man. Yeah. Leave me alone. It was like, oh, something yeah. is. It's a, it's especially a, if, yeah. if this is not there's emotion his character. It. Yeah, something is wrong. Um, so he was like, he came up with a, 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 a solution just to to figure out what was wrong and to go, hey man, you know, I'll cut your hair. Yeah. So it wasn't just uh, an idle offer. Smith's been cutting hair since he was a teen, so mm, he, he, he already knows. I can, I can hook you up. I can hook you up. After showing more, um, he showed him pictures and evidence of like, look, man, I can I can know how to cut your hair. I would have been like, uh, I promise you, it can't look worse than what, however yeah. it looked, he was ready to get suspended over. So I yeah. wouldn't, I'm like, I'm not going to 
fucking try to have to prove myself to you, man. I promise you it's going to look better than what you yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like they came to agreement. It was like, okay, man, I'll let you come ahead. Um, so Bravering, uh, the winter snows of Indianapolis, Smith drove home to get his gear and then headed back to Realign Moore's um, wayward hairline. More, wi- more willingly submitted to Smith's barbering skills and just pleased enough about what I mean, pleased enough with the results and returned to class. So he was just like, Man, fuck this hat, yeah, my shit looking fresh now. Yeah, nice, you know, when they hit you with the whoosh, they spray you down, that that, that spray and the hits alcohol you. and the, the oh, burn and the, the, the uh, the breeze, edges or whatever. Uh, it's worth it. That it's, breathe, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, sometimes you gotta walk through the fire to get to the other side, you know, rebirthed. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what so, getting the hair, that's what uh, getting a haircut is like for black people, for sure. So, there is a video of him. You know, lining little man up, mm-hmm. and it's just like that's something that's gonna stick with that kid for the rest of his life. For sure, you hope that so. Fucking, like to hope. So I, I thought it was pretty. That's that's stuff like this should happen more often. It's where it's important, like, bro. Talk to the kid to figure out what's going on because it's just like again, it's just a simple conversation. Sure. It could be something sim- simple than what than you just punishing him, put him exactly. in. Uh, what is it? What, what is it to be called? Uh, in, in school, school suspension. suspension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just you could avoid all. How that. many times? Like think about how many times? Like. From eight to fifteen, how often is a kid like the troubled kid in school? How often is it not something more than them just being bad? Yeah, you know whether it's they need it, they want attention. Yeah, that's th- those these are the classic tropes of like a kid in school. I fell more into this, but it's not like I I was like deprived of attention at home. I just liked attention. But there's some kids that get no attention at home, and they're like the there's a there's a difference between being a kid that like. The teacher says something, you're like, that's what she said. Yeah. And then the, you get a laugh. And then the kid that like flips a desk over and jumps on it. Yeah. And then they're, that's a whole, that's a different thing. That kid is deprived of attention. Yeah. So there's kids that want attention. There's kids that are like hungry and that makes them angry or sleepy. And so why is this kid always sleeping in class? He's not just, maybe he's not just lazy and falling asleep all the time. Yeah. Instead of ask, instead of just punishing them, ask the questions. That's what this guy did. That's what his principal did. He asked the questions. It's a kid, man. Sometimes, sometimes it's they're they can't express their emotions, so they come out in other ways. Right. Instead of just punishing those other ways and just going like, "This kid's just bad." Yeah. Talk to him for a second, man. Some it's, of those kids, man. I just <laughs> when, we was, when we was in school, it was like, "Oh, uh, Monte, just, Monte is here today. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a great day." <laughs> and then like some of them, like <laughs> some of them will have people that sit with them in class, and it's like, "Oh, you." The person that watched you in here, oh, oh, he's about to go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's no. about to but go. But those off. are like emotionally disturbed kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, back in the day, it was funny. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Like, 14, you're like, oh, this kid's about to take his shirt off and like wild out, you know? But yeah. like, yeah. but there's some kids that didn't even have the person sitting next to him. Yeah. They just were in class with all the other quote unquote like normal everyday students, but there's something off with this kid. And I don't yeah. mean like mentally challenged. I mean, they are, they are deprived of something. And right. so they get gratification out of being bad in school because people give them high fives and, and praise and make them feel good about themselves. Yeah. I'm not talking about kids that are actually like in a special class. I'm talking about kids that like they can do their homework. They can do their, they can function just fine on their own, but they love to come to school and get in trouble because it gives them something. It feeds their ego. Their mom pays attention to them. Even if it's for a bad reason, Yeah, their mom's coming up to the school. Their mom's talking to them, yelling at them, but their mom's paying attention to them. Yeah. Those are the kids I'm referring to. But yeah, Monte was wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monte. Mon- yeah, 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 yeah. But that yeah, was my out, uh, yeah. that was my good vibe. Man. Yeah, man. That's, that's shout that's, out that's to uh, out home. Say his name again. Uh, 
Jason Smith. Yeah, shout out to Jason, Jason Smith. Smith he, was I, the prin- he was the principal. I would say it would be awesome if he ended up on Ellen, but Ellen just is not hitting the same like he used to, bro. All that shit came out. I don't see. I think so, but I, you know the Ellen, the Ellen clip, the Ellen clips don't go viral like they used to. I don't see her dancing like I used to. That news came out about her and shit just it's coming. It's coming to it's an end. It's coming to an end, bros. Dang. You know. Well, yeah, man. I don't know. Maybe be nice you, to be. Uh, what's name show blow up more? Wendy Williams. The Wendy, what you like her? No, I oh, hate. Okay. I can't stand. Okay, Wendy then what do you? Why do you? No, but uh, I'm just saying like that. Somebody has to take her spot. Like, yeah, yeah. So. No, they're not kind of alike. They're not. Oh no, Wendy I Williams. Don't is, Wendy, I don't Williams is, Wendy Williams is evil. I can't stand Wendy Williams. Ellen DeGeneres at least appeared to the world as a nice person. <laughs> I think that maybe James Corden is. You know, when one supreme falls, another supreme rises, mm-hmm. and I think that. Maybe it will be James Corden. I don't know. Is that the guy that do the uh, in the comedian uh, uh, carry carpool karaoke? Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. he's unassuming. He's he's British. You know, he's likable. I think he might end up he's being next up. Yeah, I think you know he he might take yeah. over daytime television. Somebody has to take over daytime television. If Ellen DeGeneres isn't hitting like it, like she used to, mm-hmm. somebody has to be the new lovable giving cars away to people. Get, yeah. Somebody has to be that new thing. So it, if Ellen isn't gonna. She might just try to ride the wave and hopefully spike back up again. Maybe that's what she's hoping for. Like I'll just I'll just try to push through this. But I don't know, man. That just sounded pretty bad. She sounded it made they she sounded like a like a pretty evil bitch, man. But it's but which is and and what it is is But it doesn't it's, surprise it's, me though. That's surprising. I when you said it the last time, it, <laughs> I think I, just I think that's why the fall for her is so tremendous, is because I was like, yo, Ellen DeGeneres is a saint. Like I really was like, she's a wonderful person. And then they're like, nah, man, she like, don't look at her. She'll go into a coffee shop and be like, where's my fucking drink, you peasant? Like, they they came up with some shit about her that was like, every episode she ends her show being like, be kind to people. And then you find out that she's not being kind to people. It like <laughs> destroys her brand. Yeah. It'd be sure. one, like, it'd be one thing if you just found out like some, somebody you don't think of that crazy. Like if you found out Jimmy Kimmel didn't like being talked to by people, yeah. you'd be like, I don't know, man, that's kind of dickish, but whatever. But the person who's like, hey guys, uh, uh, adopt an animal. I love people. I just gave a house to somebody whose house burned down. Yeah, and be kind to people. It's like, wait, that person is like evil. <laughs> that shit fucked everything. It's like her brand was being nice to people, so her whole brand's ruined. So I don't know how you come back from that, but I think she might be trying to like, no, nah, they'll forget. I think that's what she's in the middle of right now, like I trying didn't to even know it was still on trying to push through. Yeah, man, because the shit just the clips aren't busting like they used to. I used to see an Ellen DeGeneres clip like at least once a week of her giving something to somebody or well, somebody clip went viral and she went. Yeah, man, and it's a platform that's beautiful that was beautiful for that at a point. We yeah. found out about that dude Akbar Cook from New Jersey. He was a principal. He was like get he brought washing machines to the school because yeah. his kids' clothes were dirty. Yeah. The dude that drum from Baltimore went on the show. Exactly right. So that was that was a platform that was shedding light on a lot of beautiful people, yeah. but. I don't know, man. It's just not hitting Damn. like it used to. So Jason Smith, I don't know where he goes. He needs that has to be a new place. Maybe he can go on the Drew Barrymore show. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, before we get up out of here, I just wanted to, Frank, give you a suggestion. Uh, I, me and Sierra started watching uh, Murder Among the Mormons, which is on Netflix. It's about the Mormon religion and how fucking crazy it is. I just that religion is so crazy in its, of itself without the story of the documentary. But it's a four part docuseries: murder and intrigue and scams, and it's just really interesting. So that's what I've been watching as of late, and uh, that's all I got. I don't really have anything new. Yeah, yeah. Drake has some new music out. You know, if people like Drake, you listen to that. It's good music. Other than that, uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 